1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Everyone,
2: welcome to another episode of Dice It Up. Um, unfortunately, I ran off Dano. Dano said he's tired of me this week. He needed a break. No, I'm kidding. He's just working very hard at his job, and we appreciate him for that. Um, But Calvin is here to fill in. Calvin, thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate you being here, fam, on such short notice.
3: Yeah, thank you for having me on again. I feel like I keep pinch and It's so fun. This is like my third time in a row being on here. I pinch hit for ice at one point. And now I pinch hit for Dana. So it's a blast.
1: I love it. I
2: love it. I love it. Um, well, listen, being an overseas hooper, it's important to me that we cover other overseas hoopers. I know that we love college basketball, but it's also important to reach out to those who have played and then are playing professionally overseas. So for our first overseas guest, we have my girl Victoria Harris here. Uh, I met Victoria while I was playing overseas in Greece and we were playing against each other in that league. Um, she graduated from Rutgers, had a great career at Rutgers and now is in her second year overseas. So Vicki, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so where are you at right now? Um, and what part of the season are you in?
1: Um, right now I'm in Strasbourg, France. I'm playing in the second league in France. So that's LF2. And um right now we're in the second part of the season. Well, like the second half, I guess. So, you know, playing everybody twice. That's where we are right now. Okay. Nice. Um and how's it going? Um so far so good. We are we're six and five. Okay. Um yeah, we're six and five. I think we <laughs> have a lot of things to improve. We have always room for improvement, um, but we're doing good so far.
3: And, and, Victoria, you play – I mean, I, we can see your shirt. You played at Rutgers, obviously, I think up to 2019, right? And so, like I said, I hopped on here short notice. I didn't have time to really look at kind of your journey since then, um, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners aren't familiar, too. So can you kind of catch us up, like, you know, not just where you are now, but what's your journey been like since you left Rutgers, um, you know, your, your last four years in your basketball career, basically? Um, and what was that like kind of going from college to, to overseas and what are the similarities and differences been?
1: Okay. Um, Yeah. So after college, was that 2019. um, I went straight to, I played in Heidelberg, Germany in the first uh, first league. And um, our season was cut a little short during playoffs. Like we were just about to start playoffs when COVID started. Um, So they shut the season down and I came home. Um, And I think there was a lot of uncertainty within basketball that year. So uh, I just decided to stay home instead of going back overseas. So from 2020 to 2021, I stayed home, um, explored other areas of my career that I would be interested in post-basketball, post-basketball, um, so that was cool to learn more about myself outside of the court. Um, and then after that, I went to Greece. And <laughs>
2: Well, first of all, you played in some really cool countries like Germany, Greece, France. Um, I started my career in Germany too, and then went to Greece midway through the year before I, you know, I came across you. Uh, what country has been your your favorite to favorite yeah. to experience? And then I'll ask you about your favorite league to play in because I know that's a wholly different.
1: Yeah, um, I think Greece was my has been my favorite to experience just yeah. because Greek culture is very lively. Yeah, um, I was on an island that was like one of the main islands so yeah I mean just imagine living on an island all year round (laughs) great great food great people so I think Greece has been my favorite so far um yeah I think it it means a plane I still don't know
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's cool you brought up food though so guys what's been your favorite food is there some some favorite food that you've tried in your journey so far
1: um you know while I was in Greece I thought I was getting tired of Greek food and then I left mm-hmm. <laughs> I missed yeah. food I' missed, like a simple Greek salad it, do- it doesn't hit the same outside of Greek oh my gosh no I fell in love with Greek
2: salad and like feta cheese <laughs> like I never understood the obsession everybody else had with it until yeah. you're in Greece um and it's like real cheese uh, my favorite meal easy was fried calamari and Greek salad like I would once a week get that. And again, I was on the island too, just different island than where you were. And so um it was 100% fresh all year round. And I literally would just sit like both sides sometimes and mm-hmm. just, and get that same meal once a week. That was like my comfort food when I felt like, okay, I might've had a bad day. I need something good. That's going to make me smile. I'm going to get fried calamari and Greek salad.
1: Yeah. Calamari is definitely fire.
2: Yeah. Um, Tell us again the name of the island that you were on in Greece. I was on the island of Crete. Yeah. Okay. So for those who don't know on the map, and I'm sure you're all going to go now to a global map and you're going to look it up, but Vic was on the island that is in between Europe and Africa, like right above Egypt. And so it's a huge island. It's beautiful. One of the experiences that I had going to play your team was taking a boat overnight So yes, yes. So you'd leave from Athens. So we were in Lefkata. So we drive five hours to Athens and then from Athens, it's right on the water. So you then take a boat overnight to go play Hanya, which was your team on the island, um, which I thought was a cool experience. Like some people complain because who wants to be on a boat all night and you're getting seasick and that's a real thing that happens. Um, But it was also a very cool overseas trip to have where, you know, some people travel by car and then you're like, ah, let's, let's hop on a boat overnight and go play.
1: Yeah. It's
3: definitely cool to take one to the people. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I, I feel like we're supposed to be asking Victoria the questions, but I got to ask you a question now. So did they have a big home court advantage because everyone had to go on this boat and get seasick the night before? 1,000%.
2: 1,000%. <laughs> and it was freezing there. Like, because it's, it's literally on an island surrounded by water, and you can feel the water. So I felt like the temperature between that and Athens was like – 20 degrees less. Like the gym was also freezing, <laughs> which I'm sure you experienced because that was your home court. So I actually can't imagine. Yeah,
1: definitely a home court advantage for, for certain, for every team.
2: Yeah. What was your fan experience like though? And the places that you've been in terms of the fans that were at home, were they, um, you know, very, I guess, like authentic with you guys? Um, did they recognize you off the court? Like, did you get free meals at certain
1: restaurants? Like, how was that experience? Um I think fan experience there's consistency of having fan experience I guess in the leagues that I've played in where it's very packed but the gyms are um, the gyms are kind of smaller so it's very packed, very lively, a lot of yelling of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the gym I play in now has been like the smallest gym I played in, so it gets very, very loud, mm. very loud. But I like, I like the atmosphere though. It's it's a good atmosphere. Um, right now, the community I play in is like very uh, community based, and it's an organization that is more family oriented, I guess. Um, so there's like little babies playing up to like you know my age, and then we have a professional men's team. So it gets very packed in there, very lively. So I like, I like the atmosphere. My my favorite atmosphere though, I would to say favorite, but the craziest atmosphere was playing Panthenycos. Oh my gosh, that's
2: literally what I was gonna say. It, <laughs> it's different. Calvin, when I say it's different, it's different. <laughs> um I'm trying it's, to think, like it was like a dungeon you were playing in, like yeah. the gym was underground, and so like oh. the top part had lights, so it was a little darker in there. I'm not lying. People were in the stands smoking weed, like easily smelled <laughs> it as I'm on the court, making my little layup line, like, bro, somebody is really high in here. It just <laughs> a different, it's a different experience for sure. <laughs> and that was one of my first games overseas. That was like my second game. So you were Greece. like, oh, is it all like
3: this? Yeah, I'm like, oh, my, is
2: everybody <laughs> high at every game? Jeez, what's <laughs> going on here? But um, no, yeah. crazy experience that was painted the nightclub. And, you know, it's one of the oldest clubs, like globally. Mm-hmm. Um, in the world, and so when you're there, like it's also a historic feeling too that you just know like there have been a lot of really good hoopers that have come through here and played. Thanks. Yeah, Panathinaikos is definitely different. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was going to be my little overseas story about <laughs> like playing in the Greek league.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, they were crazy there, but then you know we played them for um for the cup games, like the top four cup games, and yeah. they came to Hania. And I'm not thinking they're all going to travel to Hanya. Like you, our gym was packed of just 10th Michael fans.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they definitely travel well. It's really cool. That's the thing about Greek culture, though. You know, is like over there, also basketball is really big. I didn't know that so many people gambled on our games. Um, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's not a common thing. Like, everybody's not Dano overseas, like, you know, <laughs> or here where they're constantly betting on college games. Like, yeah. over there, they are legitimately betting on our games. Like, it is a serious thing.
3: Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm gonna have to time. get into that I'm gonna have yeah. to get Dana we're gonna have to start getting into that <laughs> oh, I tell you
2: it's good times um what about places you've been able to travel to um you know I know we have a lot of off weeks or bye weeks and things like that are there some cool places that you've been able to visit and just kind of be a tourist um yeah so
1: I recently went to London nice so little break we, I went to London with one of my old teammates and that was pretty surreal because I love London culture. Mm. Um, I love the, I love the palace and the royal family. Love that. <laughs> stuff. It was it was pretty cool going to London. Um, I think my touristy moment was when I I went to Budapest. Mm. I was definitely acting like a tourist in Budapest. The <laughs> food in Budapest is amazing. So yeah, that was cool.
3: Yeah, you guys have have talked a little bit, too, about how like you two, I think your college careers overlapped and you played against each other in Greece. But like how how often, Victoria, have you gotten a chance to connect with with other Americans who either maybe you knew beforehand or you didn't or who you played with or against in college or some other level? Uh, Is that a common thing over there?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, It just I think it depends more so on the league you're in, but the leagues I've played in, usually there's at least one American on a team. One or two Americans. Um, this is the first time I've been on a team where I'm the only American, so mm. it's been um, an awesome transition. And um, in a sense of really having to be, coach cult- like immersed in the culture because no one really spoke English at first. Um, but yeah, there's no Americans. I try to uh, sometimes it's not awkward, you know, because it's like. Just because you're American doesn't necessarily mean I know you or, like, I have to talk to you, but right. um, it's, it's cool when we do have those connections, like, we go outside of our box to talk to each other and just talk in English. So,
3: yeah, yeah <laughs> and you brought up English. Like, okay, this is a question I always want to ask overseas, and I'm sure, like, I would have insight on this, too, but, like, when you go overseas and you put all of these people who speak different languages, and maybe some are bilingual or whatever, but not everyone is all speaking the same language on the same team with the coaching staff or the players. Like what's it like in terms of communication and play calls and defense and stuff where like, you know, over here, like everybody knows, you know, screen, right, screen, right. But you know, like when, when you have that language barrier, what's that like?
1: <laughs> oh, I'm answering. Okay. Yeah, um, you got it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, what is it like? I think honestly, Sometimes we don't get enough credit as to how smart you really have to be (laughs) because you have to be very intelligent to be able to understand somebody who doesn't speak English as their first language during a game and, you know, produce on the court exactly what they said. Um, But, yeah, if you are lucky to have a coach uh, who speaks English, that's really great. But sometimes you don't have a coach that speaks English. Um, and they'll try to, but uh, hopefully your teammate speaks English. It's definitely giving love in basketball. You know, <laughs> one scene. <laughs> so when um, so I asked the teammate, and she's like, oh, it doesn't matter. All she said was this give you the ball. Right. <laughs> That's really true. Um, and I didn't experience that until this season because um, my coach speaks English, but it's not his first language. Um, and uh, my teammates they speak english too but it's not their first language so um you definitely have to pay attention pay attention to details focus a lot
2: more yeah i i completely agree i think um my first coach in germany did not speak a lick of english like all he knew was no like was no but our assistant coach um spoke full german and then he was american like dude was from baltimore so oh he easily could translate to us like what, whatever else it was. Um, and honestly, everybody else in the team spoke English. Like we had a player that was from the Netherlands, um, a couple of players that were from Italy, but that had played at Georgia tech. So like most of us spoke English. Like it was only a couple of girls who really liked German was their main language. Um, and so when the coach spoke German to them, like it was fine, but then he'd have to do, he couldn't speak English anyway. So we'd have to translate. So everybody was always on the same page. Um, I feel like play calls, Calvin, like you just got to name them simple things. Like they have to be simple <laughs> universal terms. Like we call it like, we had a play called strong. Then we had a play called weak, you know? Like then you had a play called circle, right? And then like hand motions also helped too. Like yeah, I'm, I'm big on that. I learned that in college. When you play, you know, in the Carrier Dome or like you play in Rutgers, like things are loud, you can't hear. So I was always a big like, bro, we're running circle, okay? Then we're doing this, like just twirl it. Then yeah, there's no point in me saying circle and you not being able to hear me. Um, My Greek on my Greek team, though, everybody spoke English. There's only two (laughs) sisters who they understood English but just didn't speak it. Um, But they would learn as the season went on. And then because like Greek is their first language, I just learned like the trick words. So I know like Ella in Greek means like to come or it means like to pass. So if I felt like Ella, Ella, like I would, you know, sometimes I would make sure then, because if I'm like, (laughs) hey, come or like slide left, they're they're not translating quick enough, you know? Yeah. Um, So I also feel like as an American too, like what you mean by being smart, you got to go over there and also like care about the culture, like actually care about immersing yourself and like learning certain words. Let me ask you, since you've been in three countries with three different languages, what language do you feel like you know the most? French. French? Oh, okay. Is it
1: because it's easier? Um, well, I have a background in Spanish. So I think like certain words kind of remind me of Spanish. Mm. So it's been easier, like easier, not easy, but easier to <laughs> um, understand things. I mean, this
0: yeah. is this
1: this is the first time where I've really had to be around people who only speak French for most of the mm. time. Um whereas in Germany and Greece they spoke English. Like my coaches spoke English. Most of my teammates spoke English. Um, So because in France, most of my teammates are French-speaking players, my coach speaks French most of the time. Um, I do get translations by my assistant coach, but I just try to learn, you know, try to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How has it been for you
2: and adjusting to the time difference? Like, is it easier to get there and then have the six hours back? Or is it easier to come home and then have the six hours, like, ahead, right? Yeah, ahead. Yeah, I think that's how it goes for us.
1: Um, Going back to the States feels a lot faster, if that makes sense. Mm, Yeah. Here feels like forever. Okay, okay. Um, And, you know, adjusting to the time difference is hard it's hard because uh, I was getting adjusted and then I went home for like a week during Chris's break and I'm still trying to get adjusted back to that. Um, but yeah, I think you just have to learn what works for you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's nice. Okay. Let me know if you have any tricks because um, I'm headed to Australia <laughs> next week and I think they're plus 16 hours ahead. Like, and I'm Oof. I can't I even fathom that in <laughs> my brain that like, y'all be calling me. And I'll be like, oh, it's Wednesday here.
0: And yeah. it's like middle of the day, Tuesday.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool um, so what's your end goal for you you know as an overseas hooper I feel like um, there are people who play forever I feel like there are people who try to get to like the highest leagues um, I feel like sometimes you just want to go to as many countries as you can because you get to explore and do it for free um, what do you feel like your end goal is as an overseas hooper
1: that's a good question that's a really good question Thank you. kind of my um, job yeah <laughs> <laughs> My end goal, Ooh. Um, I don't really have one. I'll be lying if I said I did. I think that basketball has just opened so many doors for me over the years that I keep going as doors keep opening. Um, and something that's important for me when I choose a team is am I going to be in an isolated area or do I have the chance to gain more experiences? Um, So on top of playing basketball, I think I just want continue to gain more experiences. I guess, not really end goal. Um, Don't make more money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, I don't really truly have an end goal. But yeah, I'll know when I'll be done playing basketball when like something else seeks my attention.
2: Yeah, yeah. What about the level of importance that you get as an import player overseas? Um, I think you know it's twofold, right? Like one, it's like like the the love and basketball scene where it's like, hey, they said give the ball to her every time if she's open. And then the other thing is also like when things don't go well, sometimes you're the first person people look at because you're expected to be, you know, the best player. Like how how has that experience been for you, especially as a post player? I think it's yeah. different as a post player overseas than as a guard. Like we come a diamond, dozen post players over there are like freaking gold. Oh things.
1: <laughs> just yes I wish you were on my team <laughs> um, yeah it's def- it definitely comes with pressure What's um, the thing that um, you make diamonds diamonds with pressure whatever that's not even important but <laughs> it's definitely pressure um, but you know you have to be willing to step up to the plate um, cause again, you, you know, you get praised when things are going good, but when things aren't going good, you also like your fingers pointing at you most of the time. So there's good, there's bad. Um, hopefully the good outweighs the bad, but <laughs> sometimes that pressure does get to you. Um, especially when your team isn't doing well, Because mm. even though you are scoring and your stats, you know, matter to you, if your team isn't winning, that doesn't matter.
2: Right.
1: So, yeah. Hope I
2: answered the question. No, it definitely answered the point. Yeah, I just know it's a lot of pressure, especially on post players, um, because you don't see, you know, a ton of size or like back to the basket post players overseas. And so when you get one, normally it offsets, you know, the rest of the team um, and and it makes you different, your team different than other teams in the conference who don't have that. Um, I still love like the European style of play. But that's because I'm a guard, you know, so it it easily translates to like, you know, playing five out and like having people who are easily interchangeable. Um, But it's always a big difference when the teams that have a back to back post player. It's always like, yeah, we can't really guard you. It's fine. How are we going to miss (laughs) (laughs) layups? It's terrible, Calvin. It really is. It's terrible.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just need to know when you two played, who won? (laughs) Do either of you even remember?
2: I remember the game. Hold on. I remember the game we lost because I had eight turnovers. And uh, yeah, I'm a very, I'm going to be honest. I had, eight, I had eight turnovers. We had just gotten a new coach. And so it was our first. We could talk about that all day, like coaching overseas. Um, but we had just gotten a new coach, Mel, this season. So I was like moved to the point guard position. So I had a good game besides the eight turnovers. Victoria played great because, like, it, you know, it's, it was back to basketball player and we didn't have any size. Um, I only remember the one game. I don't remember the second game. Do we win the second game? I remember. Very
1: vividly. Oh, you remember the second oh. game? Because <laughs> we, uh, it was our first time going to Lafcada and I didn't realize the travel would be so long. Yes. Like we had to take the overnight ferry. Then we had to drive six hours. Then we got to our home. It was a lot. Yeah. But that did not explain why we played so bad. Um, <laughs> We lost by, like, 30 – like,
3: 25 points. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. It bad. Was- so, you each got each other once. That's good. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yep. And then we didn't I, see each other in playoffs. <laughs> but I tell you what – and I and I don't lie, but this is the reason why I like Victoria so much, because you can lose a game by 20, 25 points and afterwards still see a familiar face and be happy you're seeing a familiar face. Yeah. You know, like, overseas, I think you have to have um, – A short-term memory in that but you have to kind of remember like that you're there for the entire experience not just basketball i think with basketball there comes so much um there's still politics over there you're still an american like there's still level of pressure you have to perform with um there's still things overseas that just don't go right um like anything else so when you see a familiar face after a game like you kind of forget very quickly you know that like you just got blown out and you're like yo it's good to see you fam like how are (laughs) you you know um so that was a cool moment that we shared for sure because that's i think that's a real thing overseas
3: ice i you made me think of a question because you brought up like the politics and the coaching overseas and so i was just talking to someone the other day we've been kind of following like a few of the WNBA players right now playing overseas so like ryan howard Mm. first season overseas she wasn't like we at first at the beginning of her season we were like like she's a baller why isn't she like the alpha dog on this team overseas like you know she is on the dream like this doesn't make sense and now she is several months later we're trying to figure and we've seen that kind of arc with a few other players and we're trying to figure out like are there some coaches who when like a young american first comes in they're like all right you know we know you're you're a big shot in america but you got to prove it here first like you're not just going to step on the court you know from day one and like be the go-to or or are there other coaches who are like oh like you're an american you know we right away give you the ball because you know we know you're a hooper like you play in the highest league in the world like it's how does that work
2: i think it's twofold (laughs) um you know i think uh, honestly i think it depends on the position you know i i think if an american post player comes over because again like posts are like gold like i think sometimes they get more respect right away um and because and because they can dominate the game I think a little bit easier right like if you're a post player in WNBA whether you play one year or eight years like you're respected everywhere um same thing with being a guard but I think it's just less than because I think guards are a diamond dozen and there are a ton of guards overseas that could easily mm-hmm. come and play in WNBA and do well like there are a ton of guards that play in EuroLeague that play in the Turkeys um in Spain and France in the highest leagues that could easily come over and switch out for an American guard and like give the same level of productivity um so I feel like that. But I also just feel like, you know, I think coaches overseas aren't, aren't don't always have the background that American coaches do, right? Like here, you're not going to find an American coach at a college or professional level who either hasn't played at that level or hasn't coached at that level extensively. Um, mm-hmm. I legitimately had a gym teacher as a coach in Greece <laughs> that was just like the senior woman's coach for, you know, a couple of years, but like bro started out as the gym teacher you know and just like he had the most basketball knowledge on the island so they were like we got to make you the coach you know and then he ended up getting fired in our year because they had finished the season 0 and 7 and then we had started the season 0 for 4 and it was like this is not good um but yes i don't think you have to be as qualified in some countries in some levels overseas as you would um in the states in the states like you're a gym teacher you're a gym teacher and then that you know and that's it you're not moving up i feel like
3: yeah is that your experience victoria
1: um, I think, well, I haven't followed, I haven't been following her overseas, but I think um, it's definitely depends on what team you're playing for, what league you're playing for, because if I'm playing on a league, or oh, if I'm playing in a league where there's multiple Americans that are, like, really, really good, mm-hmm. I can't just come on and, you know, expect my position to be given to me. I'm not seeing that's her experience because I haven't followed, but... I would not expect my position. Like if I'm playing with, you know, Ryan on her team (laughs) or like Elizabeth Williams or, you know, WNBA players, I know where I stand, you know? Um, Whereas if I'm playing on a team in LF2 in France or, you know, in a German league, that's different because I'm the only American. I know that I was brought here. This is my job. Yeah. This is what I'm being paid to do. Whereas, you know, on a higher level, my maybe my role is to be a role player. You know, um, so I think it really does, it depends on the team you're on, on the league that you're playing in, um, as well as like your coaches. I definitely I don't. When I think about it, I really never looked into um, the backgrounds of my coaches. Yeah, because <laughs> they're kind of just coaches, you know, and like we're playing professionally, so you just expect
2: that they. Yeah. Have some, you know, some some high level of
1: expertise in basketball. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, but I never really thought about that. Got you.
2: All right. Well, to round this off, we appreciate your time, but to round it off, I wanted to ask you, um, what advice do you have for some overseas hoopers that are or maybe getting ready to go overseas for the first time, um, finishing their college season and they want to play overseas? What advice do you have for them on just how to make the best out of their experience and how to approach it.
1: Oh, my advice. My advice. Um, I think first thing first, make sure you are in top shape. Mm. Because um, (laughs) you're running. (laughs) You're running. Um, And And. Um, I think also to know that um, from leaving college to playing professionally, this is your job. So same as, you know, working a nine to five, this is not your job. Whereas in college, you know, you, you may be able to get away with some things, but I think professionally, you just have to always keep in mind that you're getting paid to do this. So produce, yeah, perform, produce, um, especially game time. And yeah, have fun. Don't take basketball so seriously. Mm-hmm. It's game it should be fun you know still remain childlike in a sense to have fun even though you know the pressure may sink in a little i
3: love that advice yeah it's always supposed to be fun
2: yeah i tell everybody i fell in love with the game the most when i was overseas and all of my however many years playing like the most i've ever loved the game of basketball is when i was overseas playing and i was like yeah this is it So Mm -hmm. I support it. You definitely got to have fun. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy we got you on the podcast. Thank you for all of your insight. Um, We wish you the best of luck with the rest of your season. Um, And I hope that we cross paths again. In case you want to hop over to Australia after your season ends, let me know. (laughs) What part of Australia are you going to? I am going to Tasmania. Um, So I'll be on the island, Tasmania, playing there. Yeah, where the Tasmanian devils are. That's all that anybody knows about Tasmania is the crazy animals. That's the first
3: thing that came to my mind, yeah. (laughs) That's
2: what I keep getting, like, watch out for the animals. Like, okay, everybody just thinks (laughs) like like a kangaroo is going to come and kick me in the head, but um, we'll see. But uh, I'm excited for it. Um, It's an island. From what I hear, like, my town is right on the water um so it's got really nice beaches so i'm thankful that god keeps putting me on islands when i go yeah. yeah we love that yeah. um but yeah i'm super excited for it um but yeah well thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for hopping on dice it up calvin thanks so much for joining me and feeling up for dana we love having you here um we'll see you guys next time on another episode of dice it up